How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? I haven't decided, so it must be good, because there wasn't a knee-jerk bad. Yeah, is that just the default case? You, you fall out of the switch statement, and it's like, acceptable. Well, if someone's like, how are you doing? And it doesn't immediately go to like, oh, this terrible thing happened today. I feel like mm. your answer has to be good, or at least okay. Right, yeah. Yeah, I think I think okay is the most neutral response you can get. But I don't know. Actually, if I hear someone say okay, there is kind of an implication something went wrong, but you don't really want to talk about it. Well, it's like okay and fine are both like the, mm. mm-hmm. you're like, oh, okay. Uh-huh. It's like I'm I will... fine and it's like, did I forget to take the garbage out? Like what's going on, Dave? <laughs> With uh I mean, you did, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> uh, but like with pubs or if I'm at like an appointment or something um, or just anybody who's not people who I consider to be friends in like a professional context or an adult context, I will always say peachy. Mm-hmm. I've been doing it consistently for at least five years. Ah, um, okay. And nobody expects peachy. And mm-hmm. a lot of times you go to like doctor's office like, oh, ha, ha. Uh-huh. Like that must be a good thing, or it's a very, a very sarcastic bad thing. Yeah, um, I like that. But it's That's just like it's my I say it and I move it on type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That definitely can throw people off. Um, I like peachy. That's that 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 one's particularly good, especially because of the vast difference between. Mm-hmm. Are you seriously asking me? It's if like I'm good? peaches I'm are delicious. Peachy. Yeah, but also peaches bruise easily. How are you uh-huh. doing? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I usually say well now because I've I spent too long thinking about the difference between good and well. There's a. Did you see Thirty Rock? I've seen some of it. I didn't see. I, I I've seen clips. I should say. Okay. Well, but. the one clip that I remember, I've also watched the show like three times. It was not when it was on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, a character's like, oh, how you doing? They're like, oh, I'm doing good. And then the char- one of the characters who is usually more of like a, a dumb character says like, you're not doing good. Superman does good. You're doing well. <laughs> like yeah. he just corrects him on the spot. <laughs> yeah. It's not uh, It's not something you usually try to get into. People say good. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's fine. You know exactly what they mean. Um, but it's, it it's would a bother me tree, right? It's, it. Yeah. Because right. I... I'm thinking about it in the moment. Um, it, it's kind of in the same realm of um, when people say uh, less or fewer. Um, that one's been drilled into me. Okay, I got the eyes. I don't know. If I, I want to hear like a live use case because I feel like I'm about sure. to neurotically la- latch on to something. Sure. All right. I apologize. You might want to just skip ahead if you're the type of person <laughs> to latch on to this. Um, so if I said... Uh, uh, you say you were buying things from the store for me in this domesticated yeah. lifestyle situation we've already established. Did you not come to the store the with me? <laughs> right. <laughs> am I am I your servant to go out and do your bidding? Well, maybe I was maybe I was busy. I was doing yard work or something. Um, so you you go out and you get some groceries, and I was like, hey, remember to pick up apples. We need a lot of apples because we're going to need to bake like an apple pie. In this hypothetical. Um, and you came back and you had just like 50 bushels of apples. I don't know how many that is, but like hundreds of apples. I was like, well, to be honest, we need a lot less than what you picked up. Right there, I've made a mistake. Okay. The mistake I've made is I said less for something that was countable and it should have been fewer. So if something is quantifiable, you should always say fewer or greater instead of less or more. Then what would you use more or less? If it was like water, you're just like, oh, I want a cup of water. Could I have more water, please? Um, Because you're not saying like, I want I want for water. But if it's not like a defined unit in that case, it's just in the context you want more ideally to fill up the glass again. Mm hmm. Yeah, I would like less water. You just pour some back in. <laughs> exactly. No, thank you, sir. Exactly. Uh, but this is this is this is a brain worm. This is the problem. So hopefully, people, if they skipped ahead, they skipped far enough ahead that they didn't get the spoiler, and my useless story didn't take too much time. Mm-hmm. Um, because now that you know, you're going to hear it when other people do it. I'm not. 
So you'll okay. I hear it when other people do it. If they're just like, uh, oh, I picked up uh, a bunch of toys uh, or something like that, but um, I didn't pick up enough for the kids or something, and they're just like, oh, how many did you get? You got ten. You're like, oh yeah, I needed less. It's like, it's a little dumb thing, but it's like I don't know. Did you? Is it less? Shouldn't it have been fewer? Um, and I'm sure that if you were to look at like schoolwork for young kids, this would probably be incorrect all over the country. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, um, uh, our our uh, previous employer, uh, boss's boss, um, who I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name, not gonna talk about work or whatever. He's the one that corrected me one day, and. Uh, I just it just completely short circuited my brain. Whatever I was talking about, he 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 was bothered enough that he mentioned it, and I was like, "This is going to haunt me for the rest of my life." <laughs> um, I I'm not percent sure I know who that is, but I like how that has haunted you and persisted. Uh huh. I and will I say actually, I have. I told one other person, oh, yeah. and I could tell this is the problem. You can't tell people because it has nothing to do with what you're talking about, and people kind of sometimes take being corrected as a personal judgment oh yeah and i and i do mean it as a personal judgment if i do correct you <laughs> flat uh-huh. out like for people who fuck up there in mm-hmm. text yeah. what's wrong with you you're an adult at this point like just quit fucking up i don't know yeah or the cases for two 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 um I, I sometimes will make a mistake and I'm like, oh, I got to edit that as fast as possible because I can't have like a written record that I use two with two O's when I should have used one or something like that. Um, like, what if I run for office someday, right? Like, I have to have these considerations. <laughs> they, they do look that up uh, specifically. <laughs> <laughs> I can't afford the scandal. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there's a fine line between having everybody agree within a, within a society about mm-hmm. just like how like basics of communication as far as text, mm-hmm. and, but also for like speech for what you're saying with uh more or fewer less or more, yeah. Like in certain context, it's just a turn of phrase and like it's understood, whether mm-hmm. or not it is syntactically or correct in the sense of language. At a point, you're just being nitpicky. It's true, yeah. But like, I might judge somebody for what well, you you always say across. Versus mm-hmm. across, and I remember I've pointed that out multiple times. I'm like, "Why are you, why are you like this?" <laughs> um, but it's literally just another turn of phrase, and it's not incorrect. Uh huh. So like, it just in the same way, somebody might judge me for something else. Where I'm like, "Why do you care about that?" It's just you know what I meant. Yeah. The other the other one I think about. Some of these are we're, we're getting into accent a little bit, but um, I'll say uh, instead of to the store, I'll say to the store. Ta the store it's like milk and milk like i i know what you mean yeah but sometimes I, again because of brain worms i think about it i'll say it and i'm like hmm why did i say it like that <laughs> <laughs> take the garbage out yeah i thought you said you were gonna take the garbage out actually again. did already <laughs> so, so i'm good on that friend but um yeah accents are fun I saw a clip. We can talk about we can talk about whatever happened in January in a little bit here. I saw a clip that was like, uh, I think it was someone with a Louisiana accent or maybe South Carolina, something like that. Some strong regional accent, and um, his wife or girlfriend or whatever was the one recording and was like, "You need to read these sentences and try to read them with an accent and then without an accent." And the guy was just like sweating bullets trying to say stuff without an accent. Mm-hmm. It was the hardest thing possible for him. He had to stop and enunciate every single word. Well, that's the thing because you're literally not speaking as you would normally. Mm-hmm. Because it is so ingrained, it just it is natural. That's just how you do it. So for yeah. you to remove that piece, you actually have to stop and like retrain your brain to be like don't do that thing that we've always done for, for since the beginning of time. It's crazy. Yeah. Did you ever see the one? I think it's a uh, Baltimore. The yeah, the Aaron the earned Aaron, and Iron earned. Aaron earned and Iron earned. Yeah, and then when Aaron the first Aaron, first <laughs> when the person first reads it, like all of the words are exactly the same. Uh huh. Um, and then like the guy says it separately, and he's like, "Holy shit!" Like 
because he he actually saw the difference between like this is how we talk every day yeah. and this is how people fucking hear us uh-huh <laughs> wild yeah just the real that was that was the, the video i was going to reference if if you uh, didn't didn't because it was like it's such a perfect example because mm. every word sounds the same yes maybe for what my example you're like okay one word kind of sounds off or whatever well, but no you see on the page all of these are different words and i just said the same word five times <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing if you didn't have the context of like the subtitles of what that person was trying to read you'd be like what is this video mm-hmm. the man just repeats a word five times <laughs> yeah no it was it's a it, it's a good time um, I guess we can talk about stuff that we would usually talk about, though, for a month in review episode. Do you have uh, anything that came up? I mean, we're approaching pretty much the end of the month. If people listen to this the day it's posted, uh, they're like right on the cusp, basically. And also, if you've looked up anything, you've seen that February is a much more exciting month where um, like 16 games come out. Yeah. You don't want to... I think it's actually kind of risky to release stuff in January. It happens, obviously, and um, there's some stuff that came out in January. But if games are picked up for the holidays in Q4, you may actually see fewer sales early January. Yeah. We can't get Timmy Dead Space. We just got him. Horizon Mm -hmm. Zero Dawn Forbidden West. Right. Did (laughs) Did you hear the quality of that edit? It sounded like I just said that. (laughs) <laughs> in the record <laughs> it's just like great episode dave not a problem <laughs> at all <laughs> way to not be racist <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah but uh yeah there was some stuff still in january we'll get to february february is a big month obviously um one of the big ones for me and by that i mean 50 percent of the notes that i took were about this game and after I was done, I was like, I wonder what D- Dave's preparing. And I checked Discord and saw that he had posted the same video I just watched for general consumption. I was like, Dave, yep. this is our content. <laughs> the reason, I, the knew you, I, the reason I knew you watched it is one of your lines is like verbatim from the video. I'm like, yeah, he saw it already. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, try so, to put it in try to put it in quotes. All right. Quit quit holding us on the on the ledge. What is what is this news? Yeah. Ledge runners. <laughs> Take the segue right angle to nowhere. Uh, no, it's uh, Redfall, which uh, is big because it's made by Arcane, and I freaking love Arcane. So, also, I want to clarify for the listening audience here. Hello, how are you doing? I've missed you. Hmm. Um, this is something from the Xbox Direct as an announcement or more details of gameplay. Uh, Versus just a teaser trailer. This isn't something that's coming out until May. Mm-hmm. But the Xbox Direct recently happened like one or two days ago at the time of record. And also Arcane Studios is well known for. I'm always, forgetting, I'm always forgetting the name of the big one. Well, the one you might be thinking of. Dishonored. Is oh, Dishonored. Okay. That is that well, right. Here's the here's here here's my list. Dishonored, okay. freaking great. Dishonored, Dishonored 2, Dishonored Death of the Outsider, Deathloop, Prey. A lot of big stuff up there and probably if, other games. If the graphics look mildly cartoony, it's probably arcane. <laughs> they do have that. Though, style. though Prey does not actually conform to that example. It kind of, like, it kind of does though. The NPCs like, uh, they look a little bit like they don't look beautiful. They, his, their NPCs normally look like they have facial flaws, little polish collection issues. Something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. They're not meant to be like pixel perfect. Nor should any NPC be held to that standard. A problem with our society. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like um, as far as a Left 4 Dead 2 quote unquote gameplay, I mean, it looks fine enough. Mm-hmm. I you know feel like funny? I, I you see your Left 4 Dead continue. 2, which is a trap. Because the, 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 I think it was the director specifically, it was asked. Because of course, there has to be the Left 4 Dead comparison. It's a four person co op shooter where you fight the undead. <laughs> Um, but uh, they explicitly said it's not the gameplay is not like Left 4 Dead. It's more like Far Cry, more like loading into Far Cry. Meaning that it's going to be more open versus a fairly linear mission. Yeah, and it's probably going to be more like kind of encounter based. I think because like in Left 4 Dead, 
there were some set piece encounters where it's like, here, here's where the infected like jump you or whatever, but you're kind of like trying to make pretty quick progress through this point, and then everything else is just the barrier that you're you're working your way through. Um, and this one seems like it's going to be much more like, oh, you approach from the rooftop or the alleyway and you're using some different abilities to fight this particularly tough enemy. Maybe you're trying to stay silent and do something like that, which is what I want to talk about. But I'm going to hand the talking stick back over to you or else I'll just go off. Oh, this stick is so smooth and nice. <laughs> is this oak? Oh, my God. No, it's cherry wood. That would be very expensive. I couldn't afford it. Cherry <laughs> wood talking stick. But yeah, I I gotta say, like, even whether it's Left 4 Dead 2 or Far Cry like, mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting enough from the initial teaser, but like watching the gameplay video for me did not overly sell it. Right. Where it's like, oh holy shit. Uh, I still think it looks fun. Like mm-hmm. I said in Discord, like I would love to check this out with people on like a free weekend. Because for like right now, for me, it has back for blood vibes where it's four person co-op shooter. And I don't know how much people are going to be into it. I don't want to like buy it first day. And then people are like, yeah. And then it's like Tuesday. People are like, I'm not playing that shit ever again. That's that's entirely fair. Also, you were you were you were in the black for bet black black for black for bud blacks for buds. I'm gonna drill. I'm gonna move away from the drug dealer simulator joke uh, there. That sounds bad, but the um, but yeah, you were a big advocate for back for blood um, when it came out, and I think one of the people who legitimately bought the game. I had a perch. I had just played the, the I, weekend. I did not buy the game. The game oh, was didn't. Okay. generously purchased for me by a friend. Okay, who well, I will not name. They get no credit. <laughs> no, yes. <laughs> but you you did play it and gave it a fair shake. More of a fair shake, I think, than I did. I kind of like started to back out a little bit once my initial impressions were like, I don't know. It's not really filling the Left for Dead hole for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was some other stuff there. Um, there's a reason I don't think we ever had an episode on on Back for Blood. I didn't have enough to say. But today's that day <laughs> is where we do the full comparison between that and Redfall. I mean, I think Back for Blood for me was the, I don't want to say a spiritual successor, but it was close enough. And then yeah. it also had some progression, which anytime that you can give me like a semblance of like a tech tree or like me choosing what I have equipped, just that mm-hmm. extra little layer, I'm like, oh, let me theory craft. Yeah. Uh, and I'll just go off. But I enjoyed it for that. And honestly, if Redfall had something like that, which I feel like all multiplayer shooters like that should, mm-hmm. because it sucks to be, oh, I'm this person. I can only play this class the same way everybody else does. Right. Like, I don't even think, um, what was the Warhammer game that came out recently? Darktide. Darktide. Darktide had some customization too, right? Yeah, you have um, some tech tree decisions where it's like take this perk or this perk at this certain level. But then you choose your weapons and things like that could impact your playstyle. But yeah, stuff like that I feel is 100% needed to not make everything feel the same. Because even if they do have like a diversity of missions and it is more open, mm-hmm. at a point you will have essentially repeat stuff of, oh, yes. hey, we're doing uh, this mission again. It's the one where the satellite comes down. Like we've mm-hmm. all played Destiny. We get it. Um, So it's nice to have that diversity at your disposal to make it Mm -hmm. feel fresh and also allow you to play the way you want to play or to experiment with something. Yeah, I think that's well said. Um, So I will say uh, up front that I kind of, I I like the feel. Obviously, I like vampires. I I, I, played the tabletop RPG, (laughs) right? I played Vampire the Masquerade games. I don't have a lot of faith for the other vampire, the masquerade game, <laughs> the bloodlines. I think it is. That's um, on, on its way. Maybe eventually will be released. If it's not in development, hell we'll see. Um, but honestly, they were pretty light on information until this. And they said a uh, 2023 release date. And I think if you go back a couple episodes and we were talking about the games that were coming out this year, like I did not have high hopes that Redfall was going to hit a 2023 release mm-hmm. and then they, they came out and I saw a YouTube comment on the, the gameplay trailer where it's like, Oh man, it sucks that it's so far. I'm like, are you kidding? May may is the first half of the year. Yeah. <laughs> like going from just like, we're going to release at some point that year with few kind of details about the game 
outside of some stuff that could have been mocked up, right? Honestly, we didn't know how long the engine, how far along the engine was, any of that stuff. Um, to like, here are gameplay mechanics. That's like a huge amount of faith that I now have that the game will at least see a launch this year. Um, and I don't know to talk about some cool stuff too. Um, I had a curious. lot of, sorry, go ahead. I'll let you go. The one thing that had me curious from this video. So as again, left for dead Two comparison, mm-hmm. fairly linear missions that you progress through. And there's the concept of, what was it? The, uh, the AI God. Oh yeah. The vampire gods. No, what's it called? Left about for something dead? else. The, uh, the AI, as people all listen to me struggle with my memory. Are you talking about the AI the coordinator? Director the AI from, director, sorry. Yeah. From, but basically, if you're like breezing through stuff, they're like, okay, we can add some difficulty, throw in more mm-hmm. enemy spawns and whatnot. Yeah. So they had a, a very specific note here of as you make progression and do missions, you can piss off the vampire gods who are like overall like end encounter types. And they can yeah. summon the Rook boss fight. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if that means like as a part of your mission, if you've been doing a lot of missions, you're like now going to encounter this as part of it. Because right. again, when I was initially watching it, I was expecting it to be fairly linear. I'm like, oh, this is where they up the difficulty if you're doing mm-hmm. really well or killing a lot of vampires versus going sneaky-beaky like. Yeah. I think part of it comes down to the difference in the gameplay loop for Left 4 Dead, which was like there is no meta progression for left for left for dead correct the closest thing you got was working your way through a campaign um but you work your way through the campaign awesome back to zero so something like an ai director really made sense there because they wanted to they wanted to punch you when you were feeling confident and they wanted to lend a a helping hand uh if you were really beat down and that's an abusive relationship so (laughs) watch out for that but um it was to, to kind of lead to engaging gameplay. The impressions I've got from Redfall. So some of the, I'm just going to rapidly list off some of the things we saw. We saw like home bases on a map, basically where you'd get missions from. We saw character progression trees where you're kind of like unlocking perks and powers and stuff like that, which made me think of like borderlands in a way it was a web instead of working your way down, but that's just aesthetics. Um, we saw like loot, in the form of weapons that had like rarities and perks and stats and stuff like that, which again, borderlands. Um, and then we saw like some glimpses of specific missions and I think two game modes, one of them where you're trying to like take back territory and the other one where you're trying to like complete the story. And I yeah, don't that... know what the persistent co-op progression looks like necessarily in a system like that. Right. I assume like... it's going to be character based but from what they're describing, it sounds like it would lend itself to more of like an open. This is the town of Redfall. Here are the places uh-huh. you can go. Like, here's your home base. But you now have to do this mission to go over here. Right. Which now reminds me of like humans versus zombies in college. Um, yeah. But yeah, like from a given point that you can get to, you can access missions that might direct you to somewhere else on the map. But like, let's say you're hosting and some friends joined, you'd have access to your missions in your instance, and then friends could tag along with that. Yeah. And then however you progress, you might be able to level up your character, uh, put some perk points in something. I didn't look at any of the characters. I saw yeah, that I they mean, were different colors uh, thematically, uh, but I didn't we, look at their individual abilities. I, I, we, I know we have like a stealth sniper, and we have somebody who has like a teleport-like ability. Um, to like jump in and stuff or jump out presumably if things are going poorly um and then a woman who like can project psionically project shields and things like that so i'm not sure exactly either but we probably get project much yeah right (laughs) um but it it did give me a lot of borderlands vibes Mm -hmm. where it's like like i see the sniper and i'm like ah it's zero right or something like that you can't escape the tropes at this point um, you see the person who's jumping around the battlefield and like that's Maya or the more popular one from Borderlands one Lilith. Um, but like, I kind of like that cause this is a hero shooter then. Um, and I'm a sucker for tech trees. I'm a sucker for being able to use powers. 
The other thing they showed, which I uh, was kind of surprised that they managed to pull off, was it looks like there is there are systems there to support stealth gameplay. And this is what we kept coming back to, was like, if you put four people in a squad, you're not doing stealth, <laughs> right? Yep. <laughs> um, and it looks like maybe half of my friends, if I put them in the squad at all, that might still be true. <laughs> There's no way well, we could do stealth. But I saw so, like stealth weapons. So I will say, having played Payday with a number of our group over time, mm-hmm. granted, there were some things that were specifically stealth or you're fucked. Yeah. Um, or, or sometimes stealth is just an option to open mm-hmm. with. Um, but it is possible to do, but it does require more coordination. You yeah. obviously can't have one person flank and then be doing loud shit. Yeah, well, someone else runs up while one <laughs> runs past the person that's sneaking. This is the <laughs> traditional visual example, right? You're just like, they're getting call outs, they're tagging enemies and things, and then the guy just runs up with a rocket launcher. Somebody um, screams in all chat, I'll crown the witch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For every single encounter, every <laughs> single boss fight in the game, they just charge in. Um, but it looked it looked good for that. I think what they'll probably do is even in the gameplay they showed, they're just like, here's the advantage to opening with stealth. You might be able to take out a threat, kill a couple enemies with like one hit kill headshots or something, um, and go from there. But they didn't want it to just be Splinter Cell, like you're only stealth for the entire game, because um, that has its own balancing problems, right, and that its own pacing problem. So. Hopefully they get a mix there. I'm a little more. I have a little more trust. They'll get it now. Um, I will say only stealth is a different game that they made called uh, Dishonored. Uh, you can you can actually run through and fight in Dishonored. I, I know. Um, and I've like watched some crazy videos of people. At, at, like the best. There's a uh, there's videos out there for like Dishonored at two thousand or a thousand hours or something like that. Mm-hmm. Absolute insanity! What people can pull off in that game. I'm gonna throw this knife over here, 45 degree angle. Why? Oh, yeah. In two hours, it's gonna ricochet and hit this one guy. <laughs> All the pieces like, come together. Like stop time, jump in the air, kill an enemy, push that enemy's corpse while time is still stopped. Like throw a grenade, do all this stuff, and then unstop time, and this physics take over. Everyone dies instantly. It's it's beautiful. I love Dishonored. Speaking of uh, moving things with your your special powers or freezing them in place, hmm. how do you feel about telekinesis or TK? I don't know. It, like, is the general term <laughs> or is this a game? <laughs> this is my transition into talking about the Dead Space remake. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm still probably not going to pick it up because I've got a lot of games to go through, but it has incredibly good reviews. Yeah, it's it's been really good uh, on that front. Uh, one of the reviewers who I consistently keep up with, Sphere Hunter, mm-hmm. um, she had this. Her most recent video was like, "Hey, checked it out. It's really good." And I was like, uh-huh. "Oh, it must actually be really good then," because um, she was like a huge Dead Space fan, has followed the other stuff, had some heavy thoughts on Callisto Protocol. Um, right. But as much as like the praise is high and great, the fact that this is coming in at like a new game price, and like yeah. you said, having other things coming up on the plate for like February, it does feel like a bit much of a buy-in. Mm-hmm. If you've already played it and you already own the original game, yes. um, yeah. Though maybe you're coming in fresh, you're like, hey, I would love a survival horror experience. I would say that this would probably be the one to check out because it's got to be a lot, a lot nicer uh, than the original. Yeah, and they've definitely fine-tuned some things, added some other stuff as far as uh, how the tech tree works a little bit. Also, I will say the levels are not individual levels anymore. You can actually backtrack. It's like oh. an interconnected thing via the tram. Hmm. So you can actually go back into a given area. And you're like, oh, why would you want to go back? Maybe you that forgot. That's my question. Yeah. <laughs> oh, another question. I've already cleared this area. What's the point? I'm just going to go back and grab like a battery pack or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, they'll do dynamic spawns now. Okay, so you can kind of just live in the live in the station for a bit. You can, um, but they might try and punish you for exploring too much by throwing a couple actual difficult enemies at you. Gotcha. Hmm. So it will be more active and dynamic versus, oh, that's done and cleared. I'm fine to go do whatever. Right. 
which I think is a cool addition. Oh yeah, I'm glad they're ke- they're clearing the remake bar instead of just doing a remaster. Which yeah, is it's kind not of what I just prettier. Yeah, well, yeah. Again, that was my impression too because I didn't. I don't think they really were too vocal about what they were going to change. Yeah. Um, but I hear the cannon section has been fixed. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray! It's worth my money. Uh-huh. Um, they also have layers on the enemies as well. Okay. Like so chipping away. Obviously, yeah. Like obviously in Dead Space, like you're like, oh, their limbs are off. They're not moving. They're dead, probably. Mm-hmm. But they actually have a peeling mechanic. Where as you deal damage to an enemy, you can rip off like skin and then flesh. So you can actually use that as like a health indicator. Okay. Huh. That's macabre. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but I mean, for a game that introduced the mechanic strategic dismemberment, it is on brand. Yes. <laughs> I should yeah. honestly just link you the video. Um, I'm wow. not sure if it's out for public consumption yet. I'll have to check. Make sure it's mm-hmm. actually listed. But... I recommend it to anybody. Um, check out her stuff. But also, if you're specifically interested in that game and review on it, I think she has a, a pretty good take because she got, got a review copy. Nice. Or another YouTuber that you trust and you care about their stuff. But yeah, I think a lot of people are covering this game because that space is larger now than when it launched, right? Especially like, after the Callisto Protocol. <laughs> true, actually. <laughs> not not what they wanted to do. It was um, such unfortunate timing that they were so close together. Um, yeah, I mean, but that wasn't that wasn't Dead Space's fault. It was both Callisto Protocol's fault, but also they knew they had to launch first yeah. or else well, who's going to buy the game if it comes up pretty soon afterwards? And it just was not. And there's so much information out there out there about cluster protocol, but they failed there. Um, yeah, uh, I, I looked up some critical reviews for Dead Space. It's very highly scored across the board. Um, I think one of, if not like the highest scoring game this year so far, um, which is impressive for a remake. Um, and like Dave said, I'm not going to I'm probably not going to pick this up. I have a lot of other games to play. Uh, but the original came out in 2008. So there's a lot of people out there who didn't play Dead Space 1 <laughs> just based off that. <laughs> so yep. this is your chance. It's the 15 year anniversary of Dead Space and apparently Breaking Bad. <laughs> ah, that's a little They surprising. both still hold up really well. Um, there you go. But yeah, if this goes on sale, I mean, I would love to go back and replay a better version of it mm-hmm yeah yeah for sure yeah once it's on sale throw it at me for a couple bucks I'll, I'll pick it up and play it through instead of going back and replaying through dead space one but others have echoed our sentiment which is like even till today dead space one actually holds up like you can play yeah. through it which is crazy um but now you got it the remaster or the remake we already talked about this a lot in another episode but like it just it was set up in a way to where it like didn't immediately age and mm-hmm. it, it's been able to keep that. And also it's one of the first major entries in like survival horror. So it's like that silent Hill resident evil are like the big mm-hmm. ones of like, Ooh, I feel underpowered. Yeah. I wasn't sure if you were going to continue that sentence mm-hmm. with more qualifiers or you're just going to say it was one of the first entries in survival horror. Cause I'm like, that's going to be a very contentious message. <laughs> oh, I'm not saying it's like, that's the one. Um, uh-huh. but it's like, it was an early milestone for like, Hey, this is what we like and how it should be like a good example. I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will say it is one of the best early examples of, uh, horror in a space third person shooter simulation game (laughs) (laughs) he's like family friendly not not nsfw uh good to play with friends not really um no it was good and they nailed it and i mean to most i i I feel like most people it's probably still the best in the series even if you like some of the mechanics they introduce later so seems good all i'm saying silent protagonist best games just saying (laughs) <laughs> well for some protagonists that's definitely true <laughs> it would have been better if they were silent um all right what have i got here uh here's this kind of like a meta thing but i'm probably going to start talking about metacritic scores and also open critic scores at some point 
Um, if, for those who aren't familiar with OpenCritic, I, I've referenced Metacritic for a very long time. Mm-hmm. But OpenCritic is a site that kind of competes with them, and they don't use weighted scores like Metacritic does. Um, where Metacritic is like IGN, Game, GameSpot, all that stuff. They'll have uh, more weighted total points to those well-known sites as opposed to um, other community members and stuff like that. So, yeah. On OpenCritic, Dead Space Remake had a 90, and 96% of the people who reviewed it recommended the game to pretty much everyone, which is a very high recommendation rate, which I think is also another metric that would be useful to get out of reviews. Be like, yeah, 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 whatever you scored it, do you, are you do you say other people should play this game <laughs> right like blah 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 number but yeah should people play the game because <laughs> that's kind of more meaningful really it is because like objectively i could say like i'm gonna throw a game i haven't played under the bus persona sure. 5 like everything i've heard about it is great yeah. so honestly like i'd probably rate it pretty highly mm-hmm. would i recommend other people play it no but again that's a personal bias coming in uh-huh. um and admittedly, you haven't played the game to review it and exactly, then write it at this exactly. point. So maybe it's like, again, like I, that's why I went to lead with, I have not played it. Uh-huh. Um, but like there are other games that I love where like, this is really good. I don't recommend it for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, like there are certain things like Dead Space where I feel like pretty across the board, if that's your jam, by all means, check it out. Right. Um, there's some other things that like Omori, amazing game. Do I mm-hmm. recommend it to everybody? definitely not yes um mainly for like trigger warning reasons that's it otherwise mm-hmm. like it's just a delightful experience right and it's like a great rpg um but yeah i i like qualifiers like early days i feel like in high school or middle school everyone's like you have to like the thing that i like mm-hmm. i recommend this to you if you don't like it we're not friends. Like you have to like, you have to like Halo. I'm an Xbox household. Uh-huh. Um, In this house. We play Xbox. <laughs> My dad had weird rules, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't get grounded. I just lost my Xbox live permissions. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I yeah, like I mean, when people give me specific recommendations like, hey, you would like this. It's not, yes. hey, this is a good game. Hey, you would like this. Mm hmm. It's, which is funny because we actually kind of approach that evaluation when we talk about like a 10 point score or something like that. That's what I was doing internally. If something's a 10, then I probably recommend it to people even that don't like the genre. It's I mean, like 10 this is might... like you cannot exceed it. This is the best. You have to experience it. Yeah. So regardless of your the pinnacle of what condition. Yeah. Um, whereas there's some other games like the stalker series where it's like, I would recommend this to fans of the stalker series. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Um, and I think that would be great because those two camps, those are the camps I want to know for a Mori. Do, should this be recommended to everyone? Should this be recommended to people who like classic RPGs and indie games and stuff like that? Um, probably more of the second, to be honest, but it's exemplary within that field. Yeah, I would honestly leverage tags for recommendations more heavily than anything else. Mm -hmm. Because, like, typically, if somebody likes a genre, they will like games in that genre. Right. Though, obviously, some are better than others. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I have to look this up because we were just talking about it. Um, Talk about recommending based off tags. If you saw the tag psychological horror, sexual content, and fantasy, would that be your bag? Did you just look at my Steam profile? (laughs) (laughs) Are you looking at my Steam games right now? (laughs) No, no. I looked up a very specific game, and I'm going to tell you what it is based off whether you... uh, Well, I'll tell you regardless. So, I mean, honestly, um, those are all things that I can appreciate. It's not like stuff where I'm like, oh, we have to have these features in the game. That's right. Mm -hmm. But I, I would bet you money that I've played this game yeah. Based on Jake's facial expression, if nothing else. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about the Bible again. This is the Bible <laughs> on Steam. <laughs> it came back. <laughs> yeah. But fair point. Um, and that that's why eventually we'll get there for reviews. It's just kind of hard to take a bunch of information and smush it into that sort, sort of format where it's more meaningful. 
Um, a lot of things thing. are multifaceted. If you don't know what multi multifaceted is, think of a twenty sided die. <laughs> uh huh. It means multiple things going fast. <laughs> Again, we don't fact check here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I wanted to mention this. I don't think I'm going to really discuss it because, to be honest, I don't have any interest in the game. But I thought it was hilarious when I looked at uh, Forspoken. Came out this month, which oh, wins yeah, all the awards for worst name in a game to come out in January, I think. Um, but also, like, it came out on consoles, and they they did release the system specs for mm. PC, and they were like ridiculous. There was like the base level, which is probably still like where my computer's at, or maybe a little bit better. There was uh, recommended specs, and then there was ultra. And if you wanted to run this game at high, it was they were recommending like a graphics card that just came out in like <laughs> November or December. It was like the uh, RTX uh, forty eighty. Uh, that, no, no, that one's a little bit older. Um, so it's been around for like a year or so, but still top of the top of the line graphics card and 24 gigabytes of RAM for this game. And based off of the people who've actually been able to play it on PC, the performance is terrible. And that's what they did to kind of like hide it. It's so unoptimized that they're literally just like, we can't make this work. Give Make people have like miracle machines. That way we can say that they can play it at a higher frame rate because the recommended specs are for 30 frames per second. Ouch. On PC. Ouch. That is uh, definitely not ideal. Um, I feel like they pulled a bit of a cyberpunk with that regard. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. Um, as far as like the game itself, I've seen obviously some trailers. Um, it feels very... <sighs> what was the Avengers game that they had in the last year or two? Where you oh. played as Kamala Khan. I'm not sure. Um, but whatever that is, not support. it 100% feels like that, where it's like a triple I don't want to use the term cash grab, but like anything that make typically is, um, or they think it's going to be a financial positive investment. Mm-hmm. But you play as an unlikely hero who has like, a, isn't, doesn't really uh, fit in with a lot of people. And then they get transported to this magical world. Um, it just all feels very, I don't know. All the interactions I've seen as far as like the main character and like your little side helper companion feels mm-hmm. very, I don't know if contrived is the right word or just overdone or I've seen it in, in enough things. Yeah. That's the word I keep seeing in reviews is that it's just like, even for the people who score it as like a decent game, it has terrible recommendation rate. People are just like, there's really just no reason to play this game. Like, there are just other games that do yeah. all of this better, and it's less just baked in tropes and boring interactions and stuff like that. It looks pretty. <laughs> yeah. Granted, it was a pre rendered cutscene <laughs> on YouTube. Um, it better look pretty if it takes 24 gigs of RAM. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the pretty assets they're loading in there, Jake. Yeah, um, I guess so. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to play this game though. <laughs> so, no. probably not worth the most to talk about. The only reason it was worth talking about for me is just how mediocre and extreme the requirements were for recommended and uh, for ultra settings. It's just like there you go. Everything well, else is okay. This was touted for a while uh, in a couple of trailers over the past year or two of yeah. like here look how pretty it is and how graphically intense and other stuff and they're like if you have a ps5 um mm-hmm. it's i don't know i mean it's square enix right like oh you, say no more <laughs> you're right um i just searched for it and the top story as of right now was you can tell for spoken to shut up and other important settings <laughs> that's a kotaku <laughs> article um but uh, yeah, I mean, people, Square Enix does RPGs, not always the best ones. And it seems like this is one of them. Um, it's not like Square Enix has ever had a lack of like creative ideas mm-hmm. as much as they'll always like shit on Final Fantasies and like chaos. Yes. Like thematically, they do some like really fun, interesting shit like Final Fantasy 16. I don't know if it's going to be a game for me, but like 
the child in me that has imagination loves mm-hmm. the idea of it and it looks really fun right. and cool. How many series go up to 16? Without skips. <laughs> Never ending story. Did the Wait, no. <laughs> the Bible. <laughs> released, ah, gotcha. <laughs> released one game four times. <laughs> but yeah, but it's yeah. just, it also is falling under the unfortunate time of open world has definitely blown up, seen a lot of success. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's being, I don't want to say reused, but a lot of people are doing it, but not necessarily to the same degree of success as Breath of the Wild. Elden right. Ring obviously did really well as an open world. Horizon. Um, Horizon did a great job. But I feel like things like Far Cry and other things in like the strictly AAA space, even though the other mm-hmm. games we mentioned are also AAA, uh, just less EA forward. Um, yeah. Just, I don't think, have been keeping the same heart to it as much. Yeah. That's what I just say. Uh, Ubisoft and Far Cry and anything like that, if they are the most defining feature is that their games feel very samey and they would be terrified if they ever didn't. <laughs> so, yeah, it is what it is. They could yeah, pair so, up with uh, with Pokemon and Pokemon can make an overworld game. Oof. Some people like that one, though. I don't have a horse in the race because I didn't really play Pokemon. But. You don't have a Ponytail in the race, you fucking hater. Uh, Sorry. Sorry, that was, uh, that was too far. <laughs> taking the garbage out and i'm not coming back um but what did come back um, i'll let you pick I'll, you can take the talking sick at a time here um very <laughs> brief uh deal thing we haven't really been telling people about um the freebies on epic game store and we're going to continue that trend because that's not what i have on the list uh for the next couple days even after this releases going through february 2nd titanfall 2 on steam is three dollars <laughs> And that is a good game for three dollars. Um, it's it no vampire good... survivors, but yeah. I mean, three dollars yeah. is actually it's good. Just for the the single player campaign, which is actually really good in in Titanfall two. Yeah, um, three dollars is a steal. Also, uh, I need... did look at Epic Game Store for like the freebies, mm-hmm. but like if I'm not saying something, there's a reason I'm not saying something. Gotcha. Um, Waiting for a big one. Well, it has to be like something interesting for me to recommend it i mean mm-hmm. by all means feel free to like check it when they have their updates there might be something that catches your eye and again it is free um but a lot of them just seem like very niche like i definitely wouldn't pay money for them anyway um right. but it's not something that i feel driven to play or interested in yeah that's pretty much where i'm at the two right now are apparently adios and Hell is others. The Which trailers sounds? did not do much for me. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, and oh, upcoming actually. You see the upcoming ones? I didn't know that was true. Um, after I did not February see the upcoming. 2nd, February second through the ninth is Dishonored: Death of the Outsider. While we were talking about Dishonored, um, I had some fun with it. But I recommend that to fans of the Dishonored series, not people who haven't even tried the first or second games or for people who really enjoyed audios mm-hmm. i have no idea what audio says <laughs> i don't know if i can agree with that <laughs> it um, it looks bad and i can only say that because i haven't really checked it out i've just only watched the trailer mm-hmm. everything Genshin impact is apparently still free so that's good to know yeah i don't like gotcha games on principle actually they could be great games Fall Guys is still free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's always um, unfortunate to see it go that way. But um, speaking of free one? games, oh, we have been playing or checking out a little bit of DMZ. That's true. So DMZ is apparently like Tarkov, which I don't know anything about. Uh, but apparently it is a squad-based shooter where you go in for a set amount of time into a map. It's a pretty large the, map. The genre name? Sure. So they are extraction shooters. That's what they're called. Ah. Yeah. This is to differentiate from Battle Royale where you have to kill people and you're kind of forced into the middle area. So it's not people just hanging out in the woods three miles mm-hmm. away. But you go in with a squad. You do missions. There's a lot of PvE. Uh, killing some NPCs. Um, getting cash. Getting some guns. 
and you also run into enemy players as well. But whatever you take out with you, as far as guns and gear, you get to keep and you can yeah. use on future missions. And if you don't make it out for any reason, that is gone. Yes. Yeah. I have died a lot. Um, but I've still had fun with it so far. And I'm still looking to play some more with like different groups of people. Mm-hmm. Find find my true squad. Yeah, yeah. No, no one's no one's matched so far. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I mean, I feel like I'm definitely the weakest player out of everybody else because everyone has definitely spent more time in it than I have. Mm. Um, I've had a couple good headshots, believe you me. Yeah, but I'm definitely curious to see a little bit more with it. Um, I will say it's not the most stable right now. No, <laughs> I've not run into these issues, but I've heard an earful of these issues from other people who've unfortunately yeah. encountered them. I've run the gamut, gambit, gamut. Uh, I've run, I've played gambit. Um, I've dropped in the middle of a match with an error code. I've dropped at the start of a match with an error code. Um, I was watching a friend play the match where almost like half of the population that were playing it timed out because <laughs> the the node they loaded into was just super laggy. Like there are issues with the game for sure, but it's fun. It's fun in a um kind of like a bursty way where if you're fully kitted out, you're fully decked out, you have the best gear. Awesome. You can feel powerful for a bit. That will not last. The game would actually not be engaging if you weren't motivated to spend money and gear up and do all that stuff. So losing it, even though it doesn't feel good at the moment is part of the core loop, right? Yeah. It adds a definite degree of tension because I feel like unless you're playing on the highest difficulty in a game, you can always outsmart the AI because they have patterns. And it's yep. like, oh, I'm just going to wait for them to peek out of cover, shoot them in the head type thing. Or just dodge and they throw a grenade. Yeah. But the fact that there are, one, more difficult AI, especially if you get um, outnumbered. Because like sometimes enemies just show up and you're like, that's too many uh-huh. around yeah. all 360 degrees. Or you'll encounter a helicopter on you, <laughs> literally on top of you. Yeah. Um, or you'll f- go against another player, and they'll be like, "Let's call it an airstrike on them," and then, mm. "Oh, they're calling another airstrike." That was fun. Yeah. Uh, so you you get very nervous about losing your stuff or like keeping your squad alive, but it's also nice to get into that mindset of group coordination, where people make callouts and like being like, "Oh, they're on the roof," yeah. or like, "Hey, I'm down, but I'm gonna scoot my body inside the building." <laughs> Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's just, got an intensity which is which is fun it's not as ridiculously like spawn in get shot in the back as like call of duty deathmatch or team match or like things oh no going it's back to, like modern warfare 2 were like it is like a battle royale sized map yeah very large um so encounters with players can be lethal or they can just be like we saw them they saw us and we just backed away from the situation slowly or maybe we merge squads. Or I left the squad and then AJ and Zach died. Uh, or, or Zach died. Um, and I thought that they were both dead. So I quit back out to menu. And then AJ came back and revived Zach. And I was like, crap, I should have kept playing. <laughs> but yeah, there's just there's a lot of fun times. And it's a story generator in the same way like Sea of Thieves is. right. Like I'm going to avoid telling more than one. But there was one time. We saw a guy sniping on top of a big radio tower and we're like, how are we going to close on him? Like, how are we going to take this guy out? He was pulling back so we couldn't hit him with our sniper rifles and he's really far up there. And so I called an airstrike on him and he died. (laughs) That's exactly how it resolved. (laughs) Um, Unrelated entirely, uh, but I have another gaming story I want to share. So I was playing MGS5 and I was first in quiet and <laughs> yeah similar experience so he called a crate yeah. on her and it exactly her exactly yeah 100 percent. uh-huh no uh it, it's fun though and maybe i don't know maybe i'll maybe we'll circle back for an episode or something like that do a little bit more of a deep dive who knows who knows we talked about it enough before we started recording today for sure so i'm sure I mean, that's just been our recent today. thing and like destiny 2 just doesn't generate any fun stories yeah did you grind out your weekly stuff yeah mm-hmm. okay see you next week speaking of destiny 2 great segue um the one thing i had here to say about destiny was they had a bunch of stability problems this week they had a rollback because you can look up the technical details for it but basically the in-game achievements 
like some of the really old ones did not we're not going to play nice with a new like character data migration system and uh people started losing a lot of progress they realized after this patch went out and they're like all right we have to hard roll back because otherwise people literally will just like have entire sheets of stuff missing from their character yeah um so they had to roll back that sucks um but then they also announced some stuff for lightfall like they're making the mod system actually usable um and i'm not going to go into details on that you can look it up on your own time but that's all big because it was basically a lot of people in our play group didn't even use mods it's like i'm not going to figure it out there's too much and i can't judge them so yeah the game does not do the best as far as getting on board with that stuff they're like go figure it out from third party sources somebody who really cares yeah you're not wrong <laughs> so that plus loadouts and everything else feeding into lightfall so maybe some nice improvements it's yeah, on a very old game system that. but we'll see i mean they can't even get rid of a uh, light blue engram so yeah yeah <laughs> uh yeah that's funny in its own right they're like okay we can reduce the drop rate that's the best we can do but if we actually remove them if you're at cap then <laughs> the game's unstable and I don't, I, I don't as somebody who does work uh doing some development here and there like i don't understand how you wrote that to have it function that way but i do find yeah. it, those stories are always funny yeah the other thing is like we give um we give destiny to kind of a pass sometimes i think because it came out so long ago so long so long that I even had to look it up here to kind of understand. But it came out in 2017. Yes, that is a while ago. But I mean, Overwatch has been out for longer than that. So I didn't realize that. Does, doesn't even make sense in my brain because we played the game so long. But uh, to quote one of our friends, a uh, small indie company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They can't afford to fix that. Speaking of... Oh, go ahead. You take the segue. This is actually a really good segue, mm. right? Small mm-hmm. indie com- Speaking of small indie companies, sure. Animal Well is going to yeah. be um, An actual... published by Big Mode, which, mm-hmm. if you remember, is Donkey and Leah's game studio, publishing studio, yeah, publishing publishing company. Yeah. So that's going to be uh, their first one that they've uh, signed on with. Uh, I think it's supposed to be sometime this year. I didn't. Uh, double check yeah i didn't but see either i'm glad to see what was initially like a short youtube video and then uh, a blow up on twitter of everyone going what he can't do that uh-huh. um to now actually becoming a thing um so i hope it goes well yeah it uh, like really i said nice. before really wish them success mm-hmm. uh, it's always nice to see people who really love gaming be involved in gaming things yeah um it's not like you're like oh this person's a piece of shit i want to see them fail you're like oh like i've been watching their videos for years they have actual good opinions on stuff they really care about games yes of course i want to see them succeed right i mean even if this game didn't succeed i think donkey would be fine they're probably i don't i don't see as i'm not his accountant but i mean if you start up a game publishing studio then your function is to provide money for other people so they yes. can ship their stuff and you can all make money. That's what publishers do. Um, so I, I think he'll be fine. But also I, I, I do like uh, Animal Well itself. Um, he gave like a brief uh, voiceover in his um, year in review type video um, where he talks about some of the some of the big ones. And then you can also find um, the uh, developers video summary of Animal Well as, as well, uh, which gives a lot of cool details and um i don't know if it's particularly my game or not but it looks pixel pixel beautiful and um some of the gameplay looked like people who are into vor could be could be it because <laughs> your little your little animal might be eaten depending on like how you interact with other animals so like i don't know that's maybe a different audience than me but it looks nice yeah it looks cute pixely puzzly mm-hmm. uh, but again i don't know if it's my bag per se yeah that's fair uh, we'll also see what it uh what it launches for if donkey comes out and he's like 90 dollar game that'll that'll solidify it but we'll see <laughs> um 
So uh, I, I have a couple I want to hit. I'm going to skip some of my news pieces. I know we're coming up on time, so don't. Are you doing? Are you doing the? It's it's two minutes, and I'm just going to just fit everything into those two minutes. Out. Yeah. Um, with intro, we're like we're already over, but that's fine. We don't. We never stop at exactly one hour. Um, so Google Stadia is dead. Nobody knows what a Google Stadia was except Shane. So like, it's fine. Um, I like how we just keep throwing out these names. You're like, nobody knows who the fuck they are. <laughs> AJ, Zach, Shane, you know? <laughs> They're all friends of the show. It's fine. Um, maybe not special guests yet, but Shane was a special guest. So um, I believe so. We did. Uh, didn't we talk about a game or we at least recommended a speed run uh, at one point? I thought we did. I thought we did one episode with Shane. I think we. We might have recommended that he was speedrunning something, but mm. I know we explicitly linked like a YouTube channel at one point, but I, I can't recall what we covered for that game. It should have been near. Oh, well. I will put in recording. I will bet you money and you can mm-hmm. choose the amount of money that we've never had Shane as a guest. I mean, I'm not that confident in it. So <laughs> choosing to bet money doesn't make much sense because I'm like coin flip myself. But anyways, Shane's a person. Um, I think I heard him talk about Stadia once, but that's gone. A bunch of people lost their jobs. Not a huge surprise. That's the economy. Xbox game division lost 10,000 people. Um, They have a lot of companies underneath them, like Bethesda, 343, Google laid off 12,000 people. So is Um, this as a part of actual economy where I know a lot of times after like a game release cycle, uh, people will be let go? Yeah, I think this is economy because we see we're seeing it across the tech tech sector in general. We were kind of at a point where a bunch of companies were hiring really aggressively and economy goes a little bad and it's those people do not stick around. Um, Sucks, but that's that's the news. Um, And maybe an upside. This is my I'll end on this piece. This last piece of news. Uh, Blizzard games are not available in China anymore. (laughs) What did what did they do to piss off China? <laughs> so I don't know this if they time. directly pissed off China. Yeah, this time. Um, but they were unable to renew their contract with NetEase, which was their partner in China. Because the way business works in China is basically you have to have an advocate that's already approved by the government in order to work with them. Yes. Um, you have to have uh, somebody who's in China who's like, we, we vouch for them. Exactly. Because the government has a lot of oversight of these partner companies. Um, and they might not have, they might not have the same oversight if the U S were to try to just directly do business and China is about oversight. Uh, so that shouldn't surprise anybody, but because they couldn't, uh, renew their relationship and their contract with NetEase, which was their provider for China, all Blizzard games are unavailable in China. Overwatch two, not available. Hearthstone, not available. Like world of Warcraft, not available. Um, so that's kind of massive actually. Because companies put a lot of work into trying to establish these partnerships because China makes a lot of money um, for for video games uh, companies in the U.S. as well. Yeah. Population density alone. Um, yeah. But the other crazy thing is what happens to all of the people in China who had purchased Blizzard games? Mm-hmm. Can they just well, no longer access? They would have gone through a separate launcher, right? Because... Um, China has a lot of things in place for like tracking the amount of time people are in on games, kids in particular, right? Are, are oh, do they still for, have that? I believe so, yeah. And they, they locked down more aggressively for a while. I think those are starting to lift up. But China started to turn like anti-video games in general and has sort of kind of been dialing it back a little bit. Um, well, I thought it was a, a latency issue. Like they were having too much Xi Jinping or something. Ah, okay, yeah, they love. They, 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 they love that. They, they love when people. Chen is listen to this fucking podcast. <laughs> Dave, we have like, we have like ten listeners. We cannot afford to alienate anyone. Um, but no, I kind of actually like this. Uh, not because I'm, I'm sorry for anyone who doesn't isn't able to play the games they wanted to play. That sucks, but. A lot of U.S. companies kind of bend over backwards to self-censor 
their games in order to make sure that they could be in China um, to the detriment of society, <laughs> I'll just say, or human rights or anything else that the Chinese government's not really big on these days. So um, this is an opportunity, one that I don't think Blizzard would take, but an opportunity to kind of make a clean break here and say like, well, uh, maybe we can actually just the moral high grounds over there. Maybe we can act. Can we, can we do that? Is there, is that, is that, is that a choice? Could we walk over there and like, you know, take a stand for some good things? Everyone, mark we'll the day. Go back this to the is, this pile. is Blizzard's turning point. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, I'm just saying here's, here, here is the crossroads again. It is yet one more opportunity to make a mistake. <laughs> um, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what the follow-up is. Probably next month in review. It'll be like new partner. Um, so Donkey and Blizzard have oh, decided. No. To... <laughs> so wait, Donkey's going to be publishing <laughs> Blizzard games in China. <laughs> Dang, Donkey's got more reach than I thought. I wish I could do a Donkey presentation. Be like, hey, listen, guys, <laughs> as he talks to his YouTube core audience. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, but I think that's about it. That's every single piece of news through all aspects and the, the, the entire span of human existence, uh, for this month, uh, contained within one hour, roughly podcast. So you're welcome. And then we just ended there. I also would say that you are welcome. I don't (laughs) want to make it seem like Jake is the only person who's saying that you're welcome. I want you to feel included. (laughs) Mm -hmm, I love mm -hmm. you as well. That's good. Yeah, that's a good note to end on. I realize um, I've now said I love you to a random person in the audience twice. <laughs> twice, yeah. That the first one is just like, "Are you sure?" and the second one was confirmation. So, mm-hmm. if there were any doubt, um, but if you have any doubt, you can send in your uh, heartfelt confessions of infatuation to us at soapstonepodcast at gmail dot com, or uh, you can help us change our relationship status on Facebook, not like our personal ones, but the ones for the podcast itself. That's the joke at facebook.com slash soapstone podcast. And as always, we'll see you in the next one. Have a good night. <laughs>